For more resources, visit rymonline.org. The Local Youth Worker is a daily podcast that's centered on five questions each week. Ranging from the practical to the professional, we're looking for answers to the questions you're asking. Whether you're in full-time, part-time, or even volunteer youth ministry, this podcast is for you. All right, everybody, welcome back to our Friday show. Uh, we're here again with uh, Colin Hansen. He's been with us all this week. And Colin, a, a question that we ask um, pretty much everyone that comes on the show has to do with books because we do um, believe uh, we are to be lifelong students and we're to be a people of the Word and to be reading uh, continually. So uh, for you, what books besides the Bible um, have been most influential in your life? And then maybe what are a few books you're currently reading? Man, we could do a lot of different podcasts on this. I'm a I'm a pretty zealous reader. Uh, it's it's part of my job, but it's also just essentially who I who I am. And I just can't imagine my life with Christ uh, apart from from that help. I mean, I remember people early on when I was interested in history, people pointing me toward uh, Roland Bayton's biography of Martin Luther. Here I stand. Um, I think that's a book that just about anybody in your church can get excited about. It's a pretty easy, um, a pretty easy biography of of a, of a figure outside of the Bible. I don't think anybody had a more dramatic life than Martin Luther. Yeah. There's just there's a reason people make a lot of movies about him and not about Jonathan Edwards. Okay, <laughs> so Luther's got a lot of drama in there. I just recorded a podcast, Walking in the Way of Grace, with Martin Luther and. There's just so much material to work with. Um, Religious Affections by Jonathan Edwards has probably been has been hugely influ- influential to me in terms of just my understanding of, of God's work in our lives, to be able to discern what is real, genuine religion that pleases God as opposed to counterfeits. Um, he wrote this in the context of the First Great Awakening, and I find it very helpful for people, especially ministering to and following Christ in the middle of revivalistic cultures that talk a lot about Jesus, but don't necessarily do a lot to follow him. Um, so that's a, that's a book that I very commonly, commonly recommend. Um, another one, uh, just that's, I, I kind of put this at the, at the end of the, like, this is some complicated stuff and it's not Christian, but it'll really help you understand what's happening politically and theologically that might give you a lot of context even as a even as a youth minister you know you're ministering to these kids but but all the factors of what they're hearing from their parents and what they're hearing from their peers and their teachers and the media there's a book called the righteous mind why good people are divided by politics and religion it's by a professor at nyu new york university named jonathan height h-a-i-d-t um, that book, as well as many others on my staff at TGC, has been extraordinarily influential. When you understand it through a Christian framework, because it's not written by a Christian, when you understand it through that framework, it'll really help you to know why people, there doesn't seem to be a lot of alignment sometimes with what people profess with their mouth and what they believe and they do with their lives. Hmm. Um, so that's a, that's another one. Um I could go on and on and on about that, but you wanted me to talk about what I'm currently reading. Is that right? <laughs> That's right. Okay. Yeah, some of those that have been influential as well as those that you're okay. currently reading. Well, I just uh, I just wrapped up. I'm one of those I'm one of those folks who reads probably 
I have to read several different books at a time because I never know exactly what mood I'm going to be in. I might be in a mood to really dig in, but I might just be in the mood for for something that's going to be a little bit more uh, engaging and a little bit less taxing on me. So it's probably a a pretty good example of what I've been reading recently would be uh, reading Go Set a Watchman uh, by Harper Lee, of course, the unpublished until nearly the end of her life. Um, book by, by you know, for, for Harper Lee from To Kill a Mockingbird. I found this, I'll say this for, for any of those of us ministering in the South, especially, uh, To Kill a Mockingbird is how we wished things had gone in the South and how we wished we'd been. Uh, Ghost Out of Watchmen is a lot closer to what actually happened uh, and a little bit more realistic, a lot more realistic to human nature. So it's been a very disturbing novel for a lot of people because of how it depicts uh, Atticus Finch, the protagonist of, of both books, um, well, especially, I should say, To Kill a Mockingbird, but I do think it helps us to see ourselves more effectively. Um, another book reading recently, uh, it's an older book from the early 1990s by William Martin called With God on Our Side, The Rise of the Religious Right in America. I think for all of our discussion about politics and all the time and energy and attention that we invest in it, we don't actually have a really good grasp on the origins of the religious right. In America, and how, especially when you think about all the the Protestants in the South, how they came to vote Republican after exclusively voting Democratic for decades. And so, I think we tend to oversell the role of of sexual ethics in that story and undersell the role of race in that story. So, William Martin helps with that. Uh, a couple other books. One of them is The Ministry of Providence by John Flavel, a, a Puritan. Um, that I would say, just in terms of quotability and edification, the Puritan paperbacks uh, from Banner of Truth Press have been just huge for me. Absolutely. I mean, they're, they're, they're sermons in book form, and they read that way um, very helpfully. They're, they tend to be fairly vivid. Um, and, you know, we're not reading all the Puritans said and written and wrote. We're just reading the best of what survived over the century. <laughs> so, you know, if you're looking at one of those, it's going to be good. And I love that it really cuts against the spirit of this age. And I think we need that a lot more than we realize. I just published a book on Charles Taylor and secularism in our era. And one thing we could all do to combat the corrosive effects of secularism is to read older, um, older, especially Puritan writers. And the last one, just to toss in for good measure, just I told you, I read kind of variety here. <laughs> hey, this is good. That would be yeah. Fourth and Goal Every Day, Alabama's Relentless Pursuit of Perfection by Phil Savage. <laughs> so roll tide. I'm an Alabama fan, got a season ticket holder. So that was just a fascinating exploration of leadership um, and understanding how that program operates. So that one's just for just for some fun. Um, and some of your listeners probably aren't going to like me very much right now, but that's okay. <laughs> um, so anyway, but that's just, that's, that's what I'm, that's what I'm reading. Always just trying to find a diversity of theology, history, novel, and, you know, maybe just something else of contemporary interest. Yeah, no, I think that's helpful. And I do think it's, I think it's wise to have multiple books that you're reading at a time. I know Tony Reinke in his book Lit um, said that's kind of how he did it, was having multiple books, because there are some of those books that you need, you know, a little more caffeine possibly to understand yep. and to focus on. <laughs> and then sometimes you just want to read about, um, you know, Alabama football in your case. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> so, true. So I can understand that. Yep. 
Um, and I do, just out of curiosity, is there any desire to do a, a second edition to Young Restless Reform to, you know, put in that interview with Tim Keller? Or yeah, anything like it's that? a good question. I don't think a second edition would be possible in this case because you'd have to rewrite the entire thing. So mm. um, it, it might be possible. I think the, the only challenge that I would have is that back then I was an outsider to the leadership of that movement and and could kind of had some sense of, I don't know, I was able to get just enough of the scope of it, but without getting into all the details. The problem is for the last, you know, seven years in my role at the Gospel Coalition, I've been on the inside of all that stuff. So it would be very hard. It's almost like uh, I'm, I'm not apt to write a second edition of that. Maybe in 30 years, I'll write some kind of, you know, reflection on my experience inside of inside of the movement. We'll see how that goes. But that, I don't know. I mean, it, it's, um, I, I haven't really given it a ton of thought and I, but I, you're not the first person to ask. Lots of people have asked me about that, but I do think some of the other projects such as the new, um, the new Calvinist documentary from, uh, Les Lanfear, um, that's, that's kind of, that's like a, that's a good example of somebody who's doing similar things to what I did, doing it 10, 12 years later doing it on film and updating it with other things. I just heard last week I was speaking at a conference in Louisville and I heard from one person who said to me, you know, that they saw me and really appreciated some of the things there. Another person said, I just, I sh- one person said I showed it to my youth group and another person said I showed it to my family members so they could understand what was happening with me. Actually, somebody else wow. said I showed it to my staff in my church. That's what it was. I don't think it was a youth group. I think it was a staff saying, I'm the only Calvinist on staff. I showed them this documentary so they could understand where I was coming from. And that felt to me a little bit like what that book had been at its time and what it still can be today for some people. But I was just really encouraged to hear that. So I wouldn't be surprised if other people continue to come along and write their own take on what on what's happened. And God bless them. I think that would be great for the kingdom. Absolutely. And again, yeah, thanks for, for writing that work. As as I said, it's it's very beneficial, and I do hope others uh, pick it up, as I said, you know, the, the, that it's on the student discipleship guide that we have. And I'd love for younger students to pick that up and um, be helpful for them as well. So, Colin, thanks again for just taking some time to share some thoughts with us. And um, thanks for all the work that you do through the Gospel Coalition. Well, thank you, John. Thanks so much for tuning in this week to The Local Youth Worker. As always, we hope you've been encouraged and equipped in your call as youth workers. If you take time to rate this podcast on iTunes, it would greatly help us. As always, we want to thank Joe Deegan for providing the music and encourage you to go out and purchase his newest CD, Cover and Title Page, which you can find at iTunes. See you guys next week. Have a great weekend.